don't have one, we want everybody to have a Bible. Amen? All right, Colossians, the third chapter, and uh, the first verse. Colossians, the third chapter, and the first verse. If then you were raised with Christ. Well, what does that mean? That's if you've been born again. That's what happens when you get born again. When you repent of your sins and place your faith in Jesus, you get born again. You've been raised with Christ. Spiritually. You understand that? Does everybody understand that? So he's talking to saved people. If then you were raised with Christ, then he's going to tell us something to do. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died. What does that mean, you died? Well, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, spiritually, I mean that old man, that old person is dead and gone, right? doesn't mean you physically died. It means that that old man, remember the Bible talks about the old man and the new man? The old man, when you accept Christ, you're, you're, the old man is gone, dead, gone. For you died. Okay. And. Now we get, want to get this next part here. Your life. Your life. Your life. Where is your life? It's Where is it? It is. It's hidden. With Christ. In God. So I want to title this message today. Hide and seek. Hide and seek. You notice in here that your life. That new life that you have in Christ, it's hidden with Christ in God. And then notice verse 1, he said, seek those things which are above. Hide and seek. See, your life, here when it talks about your life in in verse 3, if you wanted to look at the Greek word, The Greek word is zoe, Z-O-E, which means the God kind of life. The God kind of life. It means life in the absolute sense. Or we could say life as God has it. See, that life that we have through Christ... Now, when we accept Jesus as our Savior, that, that life is deposited within us, all right, and we're born again. But you see, he's also talking about absolute life, absolute victory over all circumstances, victory in this world in which we live. That victory, that life is hidden. And it's hidden with Christ in God. And he tells us to seek after that. That's why I'm titling this Hide and Seek. Now look at Ephesians, the third chapter and the eighth verse for a little more on this, on this life. How many of you are interested in walking in the fullness of what God has for you? 
See, so many people, you know, they get born again and thank God for that. I mean, you're going to miss hell, make heaven. And that's wonderful. But there's so much more available for us to walk in here on this earth. God doesn't just want you to get saved. He wants you to get saved, all right, but then he wants you to walk in this zoe, in this in this life that he has for you. And he wants you to live victoriously. Look at this, Ephesians, the third chapter. And the verses we're about to read, you could find similar things in the book of Colossians. God gives this to us in Colossians and Ephesians. He really wants us to get a hold of what we're talking about here today. Now look at this, Ephesians 3 verse 8, the Apostle Paul says to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been what? Has been hidden in God. Well, what do we know already that's been hidden in God? Our life. Now, let's read verse 9 again. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent, look at verse 10, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church... To the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So now, you read that, and that might seem a little bit vague to you. So let's read verse 10 in the Amplified Bible. We're, we're, we're looking at this life of God here that God wants us to walk in. It's hidden with Christ in God. Look at, look at this verse 10 in the Amplified. It'll be on the screen. It says, the purpose is that through the church... It's talking about born-again believers here. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God, in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects, might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities and powers, in The heavenly sphere. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God, in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects, that's talking about the life of God. Think about that. The many-sided wisdom of God. How many of you would like to have some wisdom? That's just a correct application of knowledge. That's, that's all hidden in that life that God wants us to walk in. The many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known. Now watch this might be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities and powers in the heavenly sphere. Now, still a little vague. Let's look at this in the Message Bible. Now, it'll be on the screen for you. I believe we have that. And I think it'll make it clear. And then I'll explain. If you're a little bit lost here, just hold on. We're going to tie this all together. 
Look at this in the Message Bible. Look at Ephesians 3.10. Through Christians. How many is a Christian in here? Through Christians like yourselves. He's talking about you and me. Through Christians like yourselves gathered in churches. Well, we're gathered in church, aren't we? This extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. When we get born again, we tap into the life of God. And sad to say, that's where most Christians begin and end. That's where most Christians begin and end. And like I said, if that's all you get is born again, you miss hell one day and make heaven, it, it's worth it. But most Christians, they'll, they'll, they'll tap into the life of God, they get saved, they get born again, and that's about the beginning and the end of it. Some of them go a little bit further with, you know, in the things of God, but m- most of them that I've dealt with over the last so many years just kind of kind of stagnate right after they get saved. God tells us that, that his life, fullness of his life, is hidden. It's hidden with Christ in God, and he tells us to seek after it. He tells us to set our mind on things above, not on things of the earth, and so on. To the end that, or the purpose is, is that he wants us Not to just get saved, but he wants us to seek him, set our mind on him, and tap into the fullness of God's life and live so victoriously here in this earth that it impresses the angels of heaven, it impresses the devil and his demon cohorts. Did you hear what I just said? That's what God's will is for each and every one of us. To get, as a sinner, we get saved, we become a Christian, but then we seek Him and and we we tap into the fullness of all that God has for us. The many-sided, what did we read here about? The many-sided wisdom of God and all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects. And he wants us to walk in the fullness of that zoe, that lie. He wants us to walk in that to, to the point that it impresses the angels of heaven. To the point that it impresses demons and the devil himself. Did you hear me? And most Christians don't walk in that. And I have to confess, I don't walk in the fullness of that. And wish that I could, and I can, it's available to all of us. I'm trying to make all of us hungry today for more of God and to walk in this fullness of life. Did you hear what it just said? You can't walk in this if you're a gossip. Did you know that? You can't walk in this if you're a talebearer. You can't walk in this. Did you hear me? How many of you want to walk in this Zoe life? I mean, I think all of us, if an angel walked... I mean, how many of you know angels are in here right now? We just can't see them. But if if the Lord were to allow us to see an angel, we'd all probably, probably would... Wow! 
Right. But you know what? We ought to be living in the fullness of this life of God that the angels ought to be looking at us, not in and because of anything we've done, but in and because of what Jesus has done and through his shed blood and his, you know, and everything he's done for us. We ought to be walking in this life of God to the point that when the angels look at us, they go, wow, Is that right? You know, as well as I do, most Christians don't walk in that. I said they don't, but it's available and I want to make you hungry today because I think we can, we can all do better walking in the life of God. Amen? How many of you remember that, that the devil was impressed with Job, wasn't he? Was he impressed with Job? He said, there's nothing like him in all the earth. He said, Lord, he got a hedge about him. I mean, the devil had been inspecting Job, hadn't he? And the devil was impressed with what he saw. Right? Is that correct? Now, if Job uh, over there in the old covenant can walk in some of the fullness of God, how much more should you and I over here in the new covenant be able to walk in, in the life of God that Jesus provided for us? How many of you know Christians shouldn't ought to be broke, busted, and disgusted? Is that right? How many of you know Christians shouldn't always have a sad sob story to tell? Is that right? Christians oughtn't to be down and out. Oh, woe is me. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh. Now, if you're in that place today, you're not in the will of God. That's not what God has for you. God has, he has, he has power for you. He has provision for you. He has victory for you. Amen. Amen? Amen. And not just so that you can experience it, but for yourself, but so that you can take it to others and help them. How many of you know a Christian that's broke, busted, disgusted? How many of you know you're no good to nobody, including yourself? Is that right? So, so, I said all that to say this. God has some life available for all of us. And He wants us to walk in it. But it's not gonna, we're, none of us are gonna walk in this life that God has for us beyond the new birth unless we do something. And you know what that is? It's seek, look at verse 1 of Colossians 3 again. I want you to get this. Look at this. Colossians 3 verse 1. Notice what it says. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Well, you know, it's interesting here. You know, how do we seek those things which are above? Because you see, uh, one thing that the Lord's worked on me on over the years as a, as, as a Bible teacher is, in a, you know, is not to just is not to just give you a bunch of information, but to try to make it practical so that you can know how to use it. Isn't, isn't that good? Because if all you have is just a bunch of facts, it doesn't do you that much good unless 
you're taught how to apply it. Is that right? I mean, it's no good having a car sitting there if you don't know how to work it. Is that right? If you don't know how to start it up, if you know, if you don't know how to, is that correct? As good as a car is, but if nobody teaches you how to use it, it's not going to do you any good. All you do is stand there and look at it. Is that correct? Well, so, so what I want to do is I want to try to show you today, um, how you, you walk in this fullness of life. Now, what I want to do here is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Now, what did the new King James tell us to do? Set our mind on things above. Set your mind. Set your mind. How many of you want to walk in the life of God? Now, how many really want to do that? All right, if you, now here, you're going to have to do something. See, Christians, a lot of times, they just want to walk in this, this power of God, this life of God. Just, just, they just want to walk in it. But I'm telling you, you have to pay a price to walk in it. Amen. Now, you don't have to pay any price to walk in the new birth. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, right. that's a free gift. But to walk in this fullness of this life that God has, you've got to pay a price. You've got to pay a price. I said you've got to pay a price. But it, but, but it pays great dividends. Did you hear me? When you can take the, when, when you can experience the life of God in your own body, in your own life, and you can help other people with it. So how do we tap into it? How do we do it? How do we drive the car? How do we tap into this? Well, set your mind on things above. See, this life is hidden. We have to seek it. Seek and find. Hide and seek. However you want to say that. Set your mind. Say, I must set my mind on things above. Now, that's what the New King James says. Uh, Notice what the King James says. And most of these we'll have on the screen, all but maybe one of them. We might have all of them. But look at the King James. The King James says, set your what? Your affection on things above. Set your mind. Set your affection. What are you setting your affection on? How many of you know that there's nothing wrong with enjoying the game of golf? But you have to be more interested in, in, in the things of God than in golf if you want to walk in this. Is that right? Now, use golf because I enjoy golf, but you could pick any sport you wanted to or any hobby or anything. And how many of you know you've got to be more affectionate about the things of God than about the St. Louis Rams if you want to walk in this. Is that right? You've got to be more affectionate about the things of God than the St. Louis Cardinals if you want to walk in the life of God. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy the Rams. You can't enjoy the Cardinals. You can enjoy all that. You can enjoy your basket weaving or your crochet. You can enjoy all that. But listen, this has to be where, where Jesus is has to be where you set your mind, where you set your affection, if you want to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. Now, now, now you don't have to set your affection on things above to be born again. Did you hear me? But to walk in the fullness of this, this zoe, you're going to have to seek after it. You're going to have to set your mind upon God. You're going to have to set your affection upon. Notice this verse in the Amplified Bible says this, chapter 3, verse 2 in Colossians, And set your minds 
and what? And, and what? And keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. I mean, it doesn't mean here that we, we don't have to take care of things here on the earth. How many of you know the Bible says if we don't work, we don't eat? If man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Is that right? So, I mean, there's things we have to take care of. But, but he, we're talking about where we're setting our affection. But notice here he said, set your minds real loud and say this, say, and keep them set. And keep them set. How many of you, if you're like me, you've ever set your mind on something, but you didn't keep it set there very long? I've already set my mind on something to do something and I've kept it set there for maybe five minutes and then I'm off doing something else. Has anybody ever done that besides me? Or maybe you set your mind for a couple of days and then you don't get back to it. Has anybody ever done that besides me? But you see, if you want to walk in the fullness of what God has for you, you have to set your mind on things above, set your affection on things above, set your mind there and what? And, And keep it there. And you see this all throughout the Bible. Doesn't the Bible talk about meditating on the word day and night? I mean, you see the same principle throughout the word of God. Did you hear me? Now, the living Bible says it this way. Chapter 3, verse 2. I don't know if we have that one. It says, let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't spend your time worrying about things down here. How many of you have ever worried besides me? Now, now something I've learned about myself, and it's true for you too, you can't walk in worry and in the life of God at the same time. You can't do them both. I'm living proof of it. You can't do them both. You cannot do them both. You're either going to walk in worry or you're going to walk in the Zoe, the life of God. You're either going to walk in worry or you're going to walk in the life of God. I'm telling you how to walk in this life. You set your mind, set your affection on things above. Keep them set there. Keep your mind on heavenly things. Don't worry about things down here. Now look at this in the Message Bible. Chapter 3, verse 2. I really like the way the Message Bible brings this out. It'll be on the screen. Don't shuffle along. Eyes to the ground. Have you ever seen a Christian? How many ever done this besides me? I've, I've, I've watched it. I've doing this a long time. I've watched Christians come into churches, not just this one, but you watch them for years. I'm not saying you have to come up to the church. You know, you know what I mean? I haven't skipped in a long time, but you know, I don't even know how to skip. I'm not saying you next Sunday we'll see everybody skipping up to the church. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying you have to do that, but you know what I'm talking about. I think if if you just listen, I've watched people for years. You can almost you can almost see them coming up to the church, walking in. How you doing? Uh, all right. Or sometimes they go, "Oh, I'm fine, Pastor." <laughs> huh? Don't shuffle along. Eyes to the ground. 
absorbed with the things right in front of you. It's talking about the things of this world. Then what does it say? Look where? Look up. Real loud say, look up. Again, look up. I'm here today to tell you, look up. You want to walk in the life of God? Stop worrying about your circumstance and look up. Why are we looking up? Because that's where Jesus is. In heaven, seated at the right hand of God. Why do you want to look down anyway? You know, you know I don't want to look down because if you're walking in this life of God, the only thing you're going to see when you look down is the devil because he's under your feet. Is that right? Why do you want to look at him for? Let's look up. I'd rather look at Jesus than at the devil. Why are we looking up? Because that's where Jesus is, seated at the right hand of the Father. Is that right? Look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. Heavenly things, see? Then I like what it says. That's, that's what? That's where the action is. That's what I've been trying to tell people for years. That's where the action is. Yeah, you can enjoy your sports events and all of that, but I'm telling you what, that's not where the action is. The action's with Jesus, amen? At the right hand of God, at the power of God, where there's joy evermore. That's what I've been trying to tell Christians for years. That's where the action is. That's where all the fun is. Can you say amen? Uh, Give me a piece of the action. Well, it's running with Jesus. It's running with God. Amen? That's where the action is. And then he says, the Bible says, see things from his perspective. See, you look at things from your perspective, and that's what the devil tries to do, is to get you to look at things from your perspective. And if you look at things from your perspective, you're always going to be downtrodden and beaten. Don't look at things from your perspective. Look at things from God's perspective. When you look at things from God's perspective, things that would trouble you otherwise won't trouble you nearly as much or at all. Amen? Because God sees things differently than we do. And we need to see, and if you're walking in the life that God has for you, that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to have your mind in heavenly places, and you're going to be looking down on things instead of being overwhelmed by the circumstances of life. Can, can, you, can you say amen? So where's the action? Where is it? It's in Christ. It's at the throne of God, isn't it? How many of you really want a piece of the action? Oh, yeah. That's where, that's where the action is. Didn't the Bible say that in the Message Bible? I like that. Don't you like that? That's where the, say, say that's where the action is. That's where the action is. I like a piece of the action. I like being in on the action. It's the right hand of God. That's where the action is. That's where the reward is. Look at Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. Turn with me. Hebrews 11.6. That's where the action is. That's where the reward is. 
The Bible says, without faith it's impossible to please God, you know. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Seek and find, or hide and seek, title of this message. See, if you want to be in on the action, you've got to seek him. That's where the reward is. That's where the provision is. Look at Matthew 6.33. Let's do some real quick looking up some, some scriptures. Amen? Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Did it say seek second or third? It says seek first. See, so you've got to put him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these things, what things? The necessities of life will be added to you. How many of you want the necessities of life added to you? Well, then you seek first. You seek first. I said you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Nothing else is more important to you than the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Nothing else is. Nothing else is. One reason I haven't been able to help folks over the years is because when they come up for prayer, there's other things more important to them than the things of God. Did you hear what I just said? Everything you can imagine gets in, in, you know, they're more affectionate, more concerned about all these other things. You can't help them. Did you hear me? It's not until people, you understand what I'm talking about? See, I've I've had so many people come up for prayer with a zap mentality. You know what I mean by the zap mentality? Pastor, I don't want to seek the things of God. I don't want to really pay a price to walk with the Lord. Oh, I'm glad I'm saved. You know, but I don't really want to walk. I don't want to pay that price. But, Pastor, I've got this pain in, in, in my body. Lay hands on me. Pray for me. Zap me with the healing power of God so I can go back out and just do what I was doing before. Folks, God's so good, he might zap you and you might have some temporary relief. But if you don't set your affection first and foremost on the things of God, you're not going to be able to maintain that that healing. Did you hear me? Amen? Amen? He's a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. Seek first, second, or third. The kingdom of God, his righteousness. Go to Psalms 34.10. Psalms 34.10. Just going to look some scriptures up. I still believe in looking up scriptures. Amen? If you want to flow in any kind of power of God at all, you're going to have to put the word first. And keep it first. Set your mind on it. Keep your mind on it. Psalms 34.10. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. Now, what does that mean? Well, the young lions, who's taking care of the young lions? The older lions, right? Mom and did the strong ones, right? And what God's saying is, is even though the young lions may lack and suffer hunger. Now, you know the lion's the king of the beast, is that right? And what God is saying, and you wouldn't think that, that a young lion would lack for anything because mama and daddy's going to take real good care of the young, the young cub. Is that right? 
But the Bible says even though the young, well it says the young lions lack and suffer hunger. I, I would explain it by saying even though the young lions might lack and suffer hunger, but those who what? Who, who seek the Lord shall not what? Lack any good thing. Is that what your Bible says? But see, you're going to have to seek after it. I said you're going to have to seek after the Lord. You're going to have to seek after the Word of God. I mean, I've dealt with... Because you see, the Lord's given us a healing ministry. And we've seen hundreds and hundreds of people healed by the power of God. I couldn't heal anybody. And neither could you. Amen? And neither can any man, woman, boy, or girl. Only the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Amen? Did you hear me? But again and again, we've ministered to people. We've got lots of them healed. But we've got lots of them not healed. Does that make sense? And uh, folks, you can't be meditating on your problem day and night and not spending time in the Word of God and never get set free. Did you hear what I just said? Now, Now you see, faith does not ignore the problem. Faith deals with the problem. And the way to deal with the problem is you have to hit the problem head on with the Word of God. And you gotta get into the Word of God, you gotta, what did the Bible say? Set your minds and what? Keep them set. I like to say it this way. You just stay until the devil leaves. Doesn't the Bible say, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he'll so, so he'll flee. So if you've submitted to God, you've resisted the devil, what does the word say? He will flee. Well, pastor, I resisted him. And, 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 and we stay until, because the Bible says he'll flee. Is that right? And that, see, that's where we're keeping your mind set. How many of you really want to walk in this fullness of what I'm talking about? It, it, it pays, you're going to have to pay a price to do it. That's why most Christians don't walk in it. Because it has to be, you have to set your affection on the things of God. It has to be more important to you than anything else. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 20. That's where the action is. That's where the reward is. That's where the provision is. And walking in the life of God is where battles are won. How many of you want to win the battle? Amen. Yeah, oh yeah. Battles come come to all of us. I like what one excellent minister said. He, he said, the crises of life come to us all. Brother Hagin said that. He said, the crises of life come to us all. How many of you want to win when the battle comes? Amen. Well, you're going to have to be walking in the life of God. Or the, or, or the battle or the battle's going to win over you. Look at Second Chronicles 20, verse 3. Jehoshaphat feared. Why did he fear? Because there was a great army coming against him. And word came to him that there's a big bad army coming against him. Have you ever got a report that a big bad thing was coming against you? And notice what he did. We're talking about hide and seek here. He set himself to what? Did he set his mind on things above? 
and kept them set. He, you have to, folks, you've got to set yourself to do this. If you don't set yourself to seek the Lord, 101 things will come up to pull you away from it. He proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. See, they're seeking God. And from all the cities of Judah, they came, they came to what? They came to seek the Lord. I wonder, and I'm not trying to be uh, 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 an old prude here, but I just want to ask you a question. If this nation... Well, let's don't even let's try to keep it where you can relate to it. If if this city was in trouble, if this city was in trouble, and we'll say that the pastors of the city proclaimed that hey, the city of St. Louis is in trouble, and uh, it's in bad trouble, and we're coming, you know, Sunday night, and we're gonna. We're going we're gonna to proclaim a fast. We're going to seek the Lord. Sunday night from 6 o'clock until however long. But, oh, I forgot to mention. It's the seventh game of the World Series that night and the Cardinals are playing. Now, from my experience, St. Louis is in really trouble now. Now, I'm not trying to be ugly, but this is something I've observed over all these years. Did you get anything out of that? that? That wasn't a shot at anybody. That's just what I've observed. To the point that it's frustrated me so, to the point that there's been times I've actually thought about, about, I've actually thought about zipping her up. And going back and teaching school. But you know what? I'm not zipping her up and going back and teaching school. We're going to preach the word of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. If only you, me, and my wife get it, we're going to stick with it. Amen? Can you say amen? Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Can you say amen? Because we're going to set our affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Amen? Are you with me? How many of you want to walk in the life of God? So if St. Louis was in trouble, and it was the night of the World Series, what are we going to do? We're going to come seek the Lord. Amen? At least I am. How about you? How many of you really want to walk in this life? I do. Now notice what happens here in verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. How many of you want to hear from God? We'll start seeking the Lord. And, and God will start talking to you out of this book. How many of you know this is first and foremost the way God speaks to us is through His holy written word? But how many of you also believe in the gifts of the Spirit that the Spirit of God could say something to us through a word of prophecy or tongues and interpretation? Is that right? And here the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of... and so on and so forth. And notice verse 15. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed. 
because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Now, see, that only belongs to you, though, if you've set yourself to what? To seek the Lord. And you put him first. See, see, I've seen a lot of Christians, they wonder, whoo, the battle is not ours, but it's God's. Woo! But, but, but other things are more important to them than the Lord. See, this scripture only belongs to you. It's like over there in the, in the New Testament. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ. Is that right? See, and Christians want to claim that, but if you're not a tither and if you're not a supporter of the work of God, that scripture doesn't belong to you. Amen? Because he said that to a church that was supporting, uh, to a group of people that was supporting the work of God. So you see, they set themselves to seek the Lord. And then the Lord said to him, he said, the battle, now, now what did he say? He said, listen, all you Judah and you inhabitants, and you King Joshua, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of the great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but whose? But God's. And he says, tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the, the, the ascent of Ziz. How many of you know if you really seek the Lord, the God, uh, the Lord God, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you what your enemies are going to do. Is that right? And you can be ready for him. And you'll find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of, uh, of, of Jural. You will not need to fight in this battle. That's, that's good, isn't it? Can't realize that that's good. Well, that's good. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. That, that's good. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord, he is with you. See, he's going to take hold with them. He's going to take hold with them. Why? Because they've, they've set themselves to seek him. Look at verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were, were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. See, they were praising. That's what people that seek the Lord do. They've got a praise in their heart. They've got a, a song in their mouth. Amen. And when they began to sing and to praise... Notice this, the Lord sent, set ambush, bushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were, say they were defeated. They were defeated. Yeah, now why were they defeated? Because the Lord set ambush, ambushments against them. Why did the Lord set ambushments? Because these people sought the Lord. Now these people can do this under the old covenant, how much more can we do it under the new? And look at verse 25. I seldom read verse 25 to you, but I'll read it here today. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them the abundance of valuables on the dead bodies. It's a dangerous thing to fool around with God's kids that are seeking him. Now you fool around with God's kids, and, and if, they're not walking in the, if they're not walking in the power of God... You get away with it. But I tell you what, you start walking, walking, walking against and coming against God's kids and they're, and they're tapped into the power of God and they're tapped into the life of God. I tell you what, that's a bad fish for you. Did you hear what I just said? And see, they came against God's people who had been seeking the Lord. And God set ambushments against them and leveled them, didn't he? To the point that they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies. 
and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves, more, more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. See, the devil comes against us to try to destroy us. But I tell you what, Jesus has already gone before us. He's already made the power available. All we have to do is set our affection on him and seek him and keep our minds stayed on him. And then when the devil attacks, God will set ambushments against them and level them. And that which the devil meant for harm, God will turn it around for good for you and for me. And the blessing will be ours. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? How many of you really believe this? I do. Let's close over in 2 Chronicles 26. Talking about King Uzziah, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. 2 Chronicles 26, verse 5. He sought God in the days of Zechariah. He sought God in the days of Zechariah. Notice, what was he doing? He was, who had understanding of the visions of God. And now look at what Uzziah did. As long as he what? Sought the Lord, God made him what? And, and you study that word made out. He thrust the prosperity on him. Why does God want us to prosper? Just so we can have it good? Well, he wants us to have it good, all right. But he wants us to be able to bless other people. Who, who can't help themselves, see? To help the poor, you see, God made him prosper. As long as he what? As long as he what? See, people, Christians want to prosper, but they don't want to seek the Lord. You, you can't, you can't. Doesn't work that way. And he went out, look at verse 6. He went out and made war against the Philistines. He broke down the wall of Gath. You know, I've been studying this since I've been about 18, 19 years old, and something just jumped out at me when I was putting this together for this message. He broke down the wall of Gath. Does anybody know who lived in Gath? The Philistines, but the giants lived there. Think about that. You start seeking God, and uh, you'll be able to, under the power of God, to huff and puff and blow the giant's house down. Amen? See, the giant's been coming around you, huffing and puffing, trying to blow you down. Well, you get to seeking God, God will make you strong. You get in the life of God, walk in that Zoe, you can blow the, you can blow the, when He comes your way, you can blow His, His building down. Amen? The wall of Jabneth, the wall of Ashdod. See, you start seeking God. See, there's a lot of Christians, they have walls in their life, walls in their life, walls in their life, things that are hindering them, but you seek the Lord, you get in the life of God, those walls can be broken down, and then look at the next thing, and He built. Realize, say He built. Yeah, he built, see, the same power of God that will cause a wall to be destroyed is the same power that will cause a wall to be built. Amen? And look at verse 7. And God, the first three words, God what? How many of you want God helping you? Now, why was God helping him? Because he was what? He was seeking the Lord. And God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians, against all that lived in Jerbal, against the Mayonites. Talking about some tough customers here. And God helped him. Also the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. His fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became what? Exceedingly what? Now why did he, did it happen by accident? It happened because he was what? Seeking the Lord. 
the Lord was more important to him than anything else, anyone else. And Uzziah built towers. He, there, there's that building process. Built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, at the corner buttress of the wall. And he fortified them. See, you see God walking the life of God. It'll tear walls down that need to be torn down. It'll cause walls to be built that need to be built. Things will be built in your life that need to be built and strengthened, you see. And then look at verse 15. So pick up midway through the verse. So his fame spread far and wide. For he was what? He was what? He was what? Come on, guys. He was what? what? How, how was he helped? Marvelous. That's better than being helped, isn't it? How many of you rather be marvelously helped by God than just helped? I mean, help's good. I take that. That's a good deal. But marvelously helped? Till he became what? Why did he become strong? Because he sought God. God helped him. Until he became strong. And when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. And much we could say about that. See, when you walk in the life of God, one thing you've got to remember, that life of God will produce blessing. But when that blessing comes, remember, it's not you, it's God. Always give Him the honor, the glory, and the praise for all good that's said or done. Amen? How many of you want to walk in this life? That God, how do you do it? You have to seek Him, put Him first. Put His Word first. Amen? Jeremiah 29.13. Jeremiah 29.13. Close with this one right here. I want, I want you to turn to this. <clears throat> it's all on the screen. Jeremiah 20.13. And you will seek me and find me. You will seek me and find me. You will seek me and find me when you search for me when you feel like it. When you search for me on Sunday mornings only, when you search for me once in a while, occasionally, when you search for me when there's nothing else to do, when you search for me as long as there's not a big game going on, when you search for me as long as there's not a craft fair going on. And again, not, God's not against any, any of those things, but, but you've you got to put him first. When you search for me with what? With what? With what? All your heart. I just don't have time. I've, I've, I've got to work. Yeah, you have to work, but there's always time for God. You need to put Him first. Is that right? I learned this. If you put, why does God tell us to seek Him early so we don't mess up late? That's why. If you ever read that scripture, seek me early? Why do we seek Him early so we don't mess up late? Seek me early. Seek me first. And, and I'm not one here that says you've got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Now, now, some people do that, but you know, some people work better at 10 o'clock at night than they do at 5 o'clock in the morning. But, but that's between you and the Lord and your personal, the way you're put together. But, but the point is, is not what time of the day. The point is that you seek Him when? First. Real loud, say first. And when are you going to find Him? When you seek Him with all your heart. Stand with me if you would. They can play the altar music there just real softly standing in the presence of the Lord I trust and I hope if nothing else that we've made you hungry for what God has for you and has made available for you he wants you to walk in this life so that you can be blessed all right, but so that you can be a blessing to others 
And you can't really be a blessing to others if you're defeated yourself. Is that right? So I just want you to ponder this message. I want you to ponder it. I want you to think about it. I want you to do it. All of us. All of us, including me, we could all do better at putting God first. I'll I'll even put myself at the top of the list, the pastor. We could all do more to put God first. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're here today and you've never been born again, you've never tapped into this life of God at all to start with, when I dismiss the service in just a few minutes from now, there'll be some men and women standing up here and they'll be willing to pray with you if you just come up and say, hey, I want to tap into the life of God. You can do it just that quick. All you have to do with a repentant heart is say, Jesus, come into my life and just I make you a Lord. Believe that God's... That he died on a cross and he was raised from the dead. I mean, just that quick, you get you get, get in the life of God. But to the rest of you that's already done that, so if you've never done that, you come forward when we dismiss and talk to one of these nice people, and they'll, they'll assist you with that. But for those of you who have already tapped into this life, now I realize there's people here that you're walking in different levels of it, but I tell you what, in God we go from glory to glory. We can always move up, Amen. How do you move up? Seek him more. Go after him more diligently. Like that, like that deer goes after the, that, pant, pant, that panting deer goes after the rivers of water. See, because he's thirsty. Be thirsty. Those in hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. We've got to get hungry for God, thirsty for God. And then we walk in that life, that fullness of life. Praise God. Amen. Now, now, I just feel impressed of the Lord. If you're here today and you need healing in your body or in your mind. Healing in your body or in your mind. I, I feel impressed today that I'm supposed to lay hands on people. If, if there be any here that need healing in their body or in their mind. We'll be glad to lay our hands upon you. And, and release this power into you. So if you need healing in your body or in your mind, just come forward right now. If you do, come on and we'll just take a moment and pray. I feel I don't lay hands on, 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 on folks as much as I, I used to when I was younger, but the Lord said just do it as he leads and directs me. So if you need healing in your body or in your mind, if you need healing in your body or in your mind, healing in your body or in your mind, come right on. Just come right on up here and stand. Healing in your body or in your mind? Healing in your body or in your mind? Hallelujah. Healing in your body or in your mind? Healing in your body or in your mind? Now remember, to get, to get, to get what we need here, the power at its full, I need the congregation, if you don't come, I need you to stay hooked in in agreement with me. Healing in your body or in your mind will come right on. Healing in your body or in your mind, come right on. Healing in your body or in your mind, come come right on. Healing in your body or in your mind, 
healing in your body or in your mind. Amen. Praise God.